What? Tails? Watch out! You're gonna crash! Ah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Flurry. And I am Colin Bird, who is totally not Chris Wade. Yes, this is our first Christless episode. Uh, not Christless, uh, that sounds similar. <laughs> I guess, well, I'm, I'm agnostic, so technically I'm Christless, uh, but this is not a show to talk about religion. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, full disclosure, we, were, we had been, the, the plan for a while had been all. Uh, me, you, and Chris, but we would meet at Chris's house, and we this would be our first time doing a podcast where we're all in the same room. Uh, and literally, like a day before, something came up for Chris where he just like was busy and he couldn't make it. So, but he uh, he actually did. It was I was at his insistence, like go ahead with this. Uh, uh, we're two. It's, it's a good thing we have a guest. And um, <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Uh, he's, he's like, oh my, oh, my thing was we, we also we were kind of overdue for an episode because we always aim for every two weeks, and it's been like three already. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, listeners may remember Colin from the episode where we talked, uh, your, where he and Chris talked your name, I talked ukulele, and all three of us talked Ghost in the Shell. Uh, that was our, uh, that was a fun episode. That was like one of our most in-depth like discussions about like a, a serious topic. But I think uh, you and Chris had some really good points to make about it. Yes, like Chris's secret hologram wife that I am. Yes, forgetting. you invented. I I credit you with that. Like you misunderstood, and it, we just went off from there. Um, mm-hmm. And even though I've come to discover that the only thing that sets him off more is rabbits. <laughs> oh, he's going to have so much fun in, when is that, February? Uh, what's in February? Um, uh, Kingdom uh, Kingdom Battle. Oh, no, that comes out next week. Oh, he's going to have so much fun then. Oh, he, he, no, we talked about it on our E3 episode. He was just refusing to play it. And he's uh, mad. He's mad that it looks fun. Well, that's too bad for him because I'm going to come over and I'm going to bring it in. It's going to be like. Okay. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, so he probably will. I'm kind of thinking about just doing a drawing of a holographic peach rabid anime wife. Yes. Like as a birthday, yes. like a rabbit with big anime eyes going ugu or something. Um, <laughs> like all, it would be his, that's like, he, he'd probably say like, this is what my nightmares look like. Um, but uh, so so we th- we've been hyping this up. The other yeah, the other reason I didn't want to uh, delay this episode anymore is because of how much we hyped it up on the show and on like our social media. By the way, you can find us at on Twitter at sketchwatchplay or and facebook.com slash sketchwatchplay. And I'm also uh, I've completely finished uh, getting my YouTube channel uploads of the show up to date. You can yes! find. Uh, so you can find uh, that from now on episodes will be go up on YouTube the same day they go up on like iTunes and the like uh, via Libsyn uh, at the, my channel is, and uh, you can find all my social media like Twitter, Tumblr, and such on Behonkis B E H O N K I S S and just uh, just to uh, bring people up to speed, Colin, where can people find you? You can pretty much just Google Skipperwing, S-K-I-P-P-E-R-W-I-N-G. I am quite proud of the fact that the first page and a half is entirely me. That's cool. Um, it's Twitter, Skipperwing, Facebook, Skipperwing, um, and uh, my email, which you can probably guess. I'm not going to give you that out over the air. Yeah. You can also check out my – oh, right, also YouTube. Yes. Um, main thing, main you draw, you do a lot of fun drawings, but your main project is still a kind of motion comic super, uh, superhero theme called The Crimson Fly. Yes, a uh, young mutant finds out that um, their that what ma- that their disabilities are not disabilities, but actually superhero powers. Yeah. So, what does a kid who's got way too much time on their hands and ways, reads way too many comic books do? Go out and fight crime. Updates yep. every Monday. 
Yeah, and it's cool. I've, I've been writing to you multiple times at local like conventions lately. Uh-huh. Uh, even at Awesome Con a while ago, like, I didn't know you were going to be there, but you've been doing booths for Crimson Fly, uh, booths for Crimson Fly and such, and Eat. and doing it like constant promoting of it, and that's really cool. Oh yeah, uh, the next one will actually be a small press expo, uh, September sixteenth. Oh, I'll try to make to that if I can. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a matter of time and money. Uh, but actually, yeah, just to bring people up to speed on some other things uh, for co-hosts, uh, Chris was recently. Uh, he recently did his first solo guest star on Generation Animation, which we've collaborated with both on their show and in terms of our previous guests. Uh, look them up on fanoffmedia.com. He joined them to discuss Howl's Moving Castle as they're doing a month uh, where each week they discuss a Miyazaki project. Uh, it was it was an amazing episode because they have a tendency to go off on some of the best tangents. So somehow talking about House Moving Castle led to them discussing what would a Christmas uh, a Christmas Carol would be like if all the ghosts were replaced with the Burger King, saying nothing. Oh God! It was awesome, uh, and it, it, it drove Chris to a laughing fit. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, um, very relevant to what we're going to talk about today. And full disclosure, because there's so much to talk about, we're not going to do any recent media. Uh, we thankfully don't have a time limit like we have before, but there's just so much to pack in that I feel like by the time we're over, we can still do another episode in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been still doing stuff on YouTube. Uh, the big thing I've finished lately, because I talked about my Crash Bandicoot review, uh, I did a similar format where I'm still doing like the animated cutaways, but... I just got I got myself immersed in the crazy world that is uh, PC modding for Sonic Generations, and there's stuff in there that's like legitimately awesome, like people putting all the daytime levels from Unleashed in there, uh, levels from even like 06, but with the good mechanics of, of Generations, uh, to character mods or placements that you can play as Tails and Knuckles. They can both glide and have voice clips, and just, it feels genuine. Uh, up to here's a real Hedgehog, here's Donald Duck, and here's Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, oh, and yeah, the other thing, uh, I started a new job recently. Uh, nice. Conjunction, yeah, in conjunction with my normal housing job, which is, you know, it's fine, but I've never been into housing. I started working in a movie theater, um, the Arclight Bethesda. Uh, just, you know, it's kind of, if you're work there, you kind of do a bit of everything. So concessions, cleaning, tickets, yada, yada, yada. But it's been fun so far. But I've been realizing, because as opposed to where say, like, oh, I'm going to be working here with the My Little Pony movie comes out. Ooh. And I've been talking to coworkers like, I really want to. I'm going to be paying attention to what the attendance of that movie are like. Uh, oh yeah, we all know. Actually, yeah. no. There was one new coworker there who had not was not aware of the Brony movement until we brought it up, and he was like, "You're you're kidding me." Uh, it's like just ask Google. Or no, don't, don't ask, ask Google. Google. You'll get some fucked up stuff. I feel so bad for like little girls who just want to Google their favorite characters and. Um, you know what? I, to be honest, like if you're a brony, I don't automatically think you're you dumb or anything because uh, I watch the show and it's like it's harmless. Uh, I guess it's just you're the kind of brony who takes things in a bad direction. <laughs> well, I mean, it's that it's that sort of everything that's wrong with the internet is oh you're complaining that X Y Z social justice warrior movement has ruined my childhood while you are literally ruining the childhood of millions of little girls by making them unable to Google their favorite topic. Yeah, and you cut out for a second. I think there might have been some delay. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's being weird. Yep, it, it, I'm, we're used to it, me and Chris. Um, I'll just edit that out. <laughs> but uh, the, the really funny thing is I texted my brother Patrick, past guest on the show, look up our uh, Pokemon episode. Uh, the cast list for that movie is insane. Oh, of course. They really want people to... to, to like, uh... it, like they, they kept the 
the character voices, the main characters, he's still got, like, Tara Strong and the like. But, like, all the new characters, like Emily Blunt, Michael Pena, uh, Sia, Christian Chenoweth. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's that sort of frustrating a reality of, oh, we cast the names that you're going to recognize. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, been, yeah, that's been the standard in Hollywood for a while. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they didn't recast the main characters. Uh, that yeah. been, that's what they're doing with uh, the Lego Ninjago movie coming out. I have a cousin's kid who's mad into the existing show, and have to, we have to, they, he's been confused. Like, is this a reboot? And like, yeah, yeah. So they can justify new voices. And well, also, I'm sure a lot of people who've seen the, who've seen it haven't seen the show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that sort of surface level. Oh, hey, here's the thing, the part that you care about, where I'm like, oh my god, this was animated by Yutaka Nakamura. Ah! But it's like, who's Yutaka Nakamura? He's, oh, you know, never mind. It's got, it's got, uh, it's got the Black Power Ranger in it. Okay, but who, who is Yutaka Nakamura? Um, oh, he is a, key, um, a story animator and um, at uh, in Japan, um, responsible for a lot of uh, action animation. Um, his credits are kind of endless. Um, if your guests know the end fight from um, the Sword of the um, Sword of the Stranger, I think it is. Oh, I've heard First, of it. Uh, with the with the uh, the blonde dude and the dude with the ponytail. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, that's him. Um, a okay. lot of it sounds like, familiar. Mm-hmm. His name, his name, and Sword of the Stranger. I have heard of Sword of the Stranger. There's a lot of anime I haven't seen though, and a lot of like people, uh, staff members, other than directors. I'm not very good at. Uh, no. Well, and I mean, and to be fair, no one is. Um, <laughs> but that's that's literally a conversation for a tangent for another right, day. Right, right. But I have a feeling we're still going to be going off on tangents. Do you want to dive into our main subject now? That uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Bring up the speeds out of the way. He collects how many? Wow, where does somebody put all those gold rings? You know what? I don't know. I keep forgetting to ask. People, this is something like another reason I I feel like we should do a follow up is because I know Chris is. Uh, into what we're about to talk just as much as us, if not more possibly. Um, it's because of the release of the most critically successful entry in ages, for one thing, uh, but also mm-hmm. just because there's so much to talk about. We are about to talk all things Sonic the Hedgehog. Am I the only one who likes the... Uh, the end goal music in one and two better than three. The da 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 da. Uh, that might just be you. I'm sorry, dude. Because yeah, three's been used in everything else. Like, yeah, but I remember like his Smash Victory music is that, and I'm like, all right, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I I don't know how much setup we really need to do for this because it's one of the most iconic and long lasting video game franchises ever, and there's been like so much outside of the games too it's because of how what a sensation it had become when it first started and what a rapid following it still has today despite yeah. uh, a rocky uh, latter history but um, to start off Colin what are your first memories of either encountering or playing Sonic oh man there's several stories there mm-hmm. um, so my first one would probably be in the uh, this was actually overseas but my first memories of Sonic would be chemical plant act two and just like watching this pinball just go through these tubes and it would be really really fast and i would just sit there and just like spin dash my i would sit there and just rub the spin dash and that would be all i would do because i was like oh this is so cool it's like you know you go faster when you let it go what (laughs) um so wait was sonic 2 the first one you played Oh, yeah. Like, um, I didn't find out later that there was a Sonic 1, or rather that Sonic 1 was the first one and that there was no spin dash in it until, like, years later when my sister was getting her uh, teeth cleaned. 
And so, oh no, 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 she wasn't getting her teeth cleaned. Um, her, uh, her, her, um, patella had dislocated, and so we were oh, sitting in the hospital. And so they just like, okay, well here you can play the Sonic game. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like, where's this? Why can't I spin dash? Where's tails? Yeah. What is um, this? Yeah, it oh, is yeah. a little weird going back to the first one and just having you got to build up that speed manually. Yeah, and then um, actually Sonic the Hedgehog is actually responsible for my animation career. Wait, really? Um, yeah. I didn't know this. Please elaborate. Because the first time I'd ever seen a, um, like, uh, I was big on anime and stuff, but a yeah. friend of mine had had owned Sonic CD. And so those of you who've played Sonic CD, or rather know what Sonic CD is most famous for, know where I'm going with this. Like, the, that opening um, animated music video. Yeah. Sonic and, Boom. The good, the good Sonic Boom. Oh, yeah. And it was interesting, because it was fascinating, because, like, by this point, I'd played so many video games and platformers that... Um, the mechanics of a suit of a of a platformer didn't seem very odd to me like it didn't really occur to me how fascinating it was that this character is going like three times the speed of sound or being able to leap like five times your height in midair yeah or being able to break through solid rock but like seeing that that music video put it in an entirely new context for me and i was just like oh my gosh i want to do this for the rest of my life nice so that was your iron giant basically yeah which explains a lot about me I, 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 I wish I knew – you don't know what Chris's first exposure is, do you? Oh, uh, no. All right. Well, well that's what we'll a follow-up, so it could always be for. Uh, mine is actually interesting because uh, being introduced to Sonic was also the first time I was became aware of the concept that there could be video games that weren't Nintendo. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember, I was uh, the first one came out in '91 when I was four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some cousins who were a little older than me, and I always enjoyed visiting their house because I remember, like, they were into similar stuff. Like, I remember that being where I first saw Ninja Turtles two. They had mm-hmm. one of them had a poster for the first Tur- Turtles movie on their on their wall. But I remember I walked in. You know, back then we always played like Mario. I think they had an NES with like Mario three and stuff. But I walked in and they were playing the first Sonic, and I was like, "Whoa, what what Nintendo game is this?" And they're like, "This is Sega. This is Sonic the Hedgehog." And so it wasn't just me that that becoming that how I was first aware of Sonic and Sega, but how I was aware of like, oh, there can be competition in this realm. Yeah. Because um, for those of you who didn't grow up or didn't follow the the Sega Nintendo rivalry in the '90s before Sony and Microsoft entered the picture and Sega like went third party, it was nuts. It was an intense. You know, we all I think we all have memories of arguing at school who's be- which system is better, mm-hmm. who's better Mario or Sonic. And to be honest. In those old days, playing Sonic was a luxury to me rather than something I could actually do because my parents bought me a Super NES and Game Boy for, like, Christmas and birthday gifts. And even though I begged them because uh, I was too young to save up for anything else, I begged them to get me a Genesis and later PS1. They were like, no. Um, settle with settle with what with the, Nintendo, with the Super Nintendo and stuff. And granted, I, I, underst- I understand, and the Super Nintendo is my favorite systems ever, so I got over it. Uh, but so every time I went to a friend or even like some sort of other place, like I remember there was like a kid's barbershop in my area that had a Genesis set up. So playing Genesis and Sonic in particular was a luxury. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Like uh, actually, I started off on the other side of the console wars. I was not a, uh, a, a massive Sonic fan. Because- Did you have the Nintendo then? Uh, no, I didn't get my, my a Nintendo system until I got the N64. Okay. So um, you, you, didn't ha- you didn't own games for a while? Uh, yeah, but I thought, but the reason why I, I wanted Mario to win that was because I thought Mario was the underdog. I thought that uh, Nintendo was going to lose that war. There, I, I've read about it. There was a point from like 
93-94 where Genesis was winning sales-wise, and apparently what turned the tide was Donkey Kong Country. Oh, wow, I've learned something new. Because, you know, that's when 3D was becoming all the rage, and Nintendo was like, hey, look what we did. So what's uh, fascinating is that um, um, for a while, because me and my sister, we shared the N64, and then we shared the GameCube, mm-hmm. but then my dad, he got a, his uh, income tax return, and he was feeling, and he decided to do something nice for us. So my sister, she got the Game Boy Advance. Nice. But I wanted a console all to myself, so I got the Dreamcast. And from there, I was reintroduced into this longer-haired, talking Sonic who went yep. even faster than the, the Genesis days. Yep, and all his and, friends. Yep. Well, in, in those days, the friends were cool. Like, Yeah, um, yeah. No, oh, we'll get to the Dreamcast days. I want to talk like each generation. Ah, uh, so yeah, we'll go from there. We'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it then. Oh, yeah, we'll hear about all of them. So do you want to – I guess we can talk we, – we, uh, at least I want to. We want to talk about a lot of the main games, and also I feel like uh, the cartoons are, the, are another big component to Sonic. Uh, mm-hmm. And we also wanted to touch on the Archie comics uh, because there's like, and, and maybe just whatever oddies come our way. So I guess, do you want to go in like release order for the games, or do you want to jump around? Uh, let's let's go chronological. All right. So yeah, we start with this original Genesis. Technically a trilogy because we got Sonic One and Sonic Two, and if you for those who don't recall, they released Sonic Three first, then Sonic and Knuckles, and they had a big deal back then where they had a unique because everything was on a cartridge back then. Uh, Sonic and Knuckles, you could flip the top of it of the cartridge and put the Sonic Three card on top to mm-hmm. make it one big game, Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yep, Lock On um, Technology, the first DLC. It it was because they couldn't do DLC back then. That was it, apparently it was because they had intended it to be one big game, but because it was taking so long, that's how they came up with the idea: split it in half and work do a workaround. Which is unfortunate because I feel like that uh, that mentality would haunt them later on. But we'll get to that. Oh, I'm, I don't even know what you're talking about there. But yeah, um, uh, so yeah, I remember. Uh, oh, I guess we also we can also count uh, Sonic CD. Just it wasn't one that was as easily accessible because nobody had a Sega CD. Um, yeah. So actually, that's one I'm fond of. That was technically the first Sonic game I ever owned because when my parents bought a laptop in '98, they also bought as a little gift the PC port of Sonic CD. Ooh, yeah. And I played the crap out of that, even though I never beat it. Um, actually, yeah, I didn't beat any of the originals. Uh, they get pretty tough. Uh, well, go ahead. And- and to be honest, I have two things to thank for my being able to beat them. One, emulation, which I do not yes. officially endorse, cough, cough, wink, wink. And two, um, one Christian Whitehead, who <laughs> will become important very, very well, soon. At the end uh, of Talking Games. In the but, episode, probably. Yeah, But we'll we'll talk yes, about that when yes. we get to it. We will. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I actually have been revisiting the old ones. Like, I do intend to try and fully beat them because uh, the Xbox 360 ports actually support save, save states, too, thankfully. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, because, like, that's the only way I could get the good endings for those games. Oh, God. How did people get all the Chaos Emeralds back then? They must well, have devoted themselves. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, 3 actually has um, save files. And yes. once you clear the game, then you can go back and revisit anywhere you oh, want to. Oh, you can manually revisit zones after beating it? Mm-hmm. So I you didn't know just... that. That's that's helpful. I thought it just auto-saved each zone. You couldn't go back. Because that's – does uh, does Mania, like, have the same feature? Because it auto-saves after each zone's cleared. Oh, yeah, but, like, you have to beat the game first yeah, before yeah. you can replay. Uh, it's so. better than not being there at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I remember. Do you have a favorite of the original trilogy? Three. Um, yep, three yep. and Knuckles, and I, I don't. I never count them separately because. No, you like, shouldn't. They're, they're intended to be the same game. Sonic um, 3 and Knuckles is not just my favorite of the trilogy, but it's it, also my the the best on a critical stand from a critical standpoint, the best Sonic game ever. Yeah, it, it's it's beloved. It's, 
Um, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I think I might lean a little bit towards two. Uh, I, I I guess it I, it, it works. I, I, I'm stammering like, like hell. No, it's I think all good. It, I think it comes down to two reasons. Um, actually, just one. I think it just gets nails the basics because uh, three adds a lot of stuff that can be a little overwhelming to me at points. Like here's the zip line, here's the snowboard. I'm like, I just gotta go fast and uh, or, um, oh, and just it's line. a nitpick. The they change Sonic and Tails character sprites, and I like the one and two style a little better. Oh yeah, I mean, I think everybody did because you saw like with with Mania, they sort of went back to that. Yes, yes, it's, it's like some more a, detail, but like I think in three D they were trying a little too hard. Maybe they were trying to make them look more edgy because that that was Sonic's thing. Because that's what the nineties were all about. Like they got attitude. Uh, hell, even one of the cartoon theme songs, he can really move. He's got an attitude. Like that, oh, yeah. that's what was how they were selling Sonic as a Mario killer. Like Mario was just like that jolly plumber, and Sonic was like sleek and and rebellious and edgy. Like literally, he, he has spines. Um, so I think well, three, I they think would try to emphasize that. Well, I think also with three, and it's this is also another one of their poor design habits is innovation for innovation's sake. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't really need to update the Sonic Two sprites; they were they worked the way they they, they worked as is. I think that might be the biggest sin of Sonic as a whole in game wise, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Um, but uh, I don't want this credit three and knuckles because I still think it's a blast. Uh, and one is one is really good, but it's still the worst because it's too basic. Like no tails, uh, lesser special stages, just uh, not as interesting zone layout or ideas. Uh, but it is fun, and it's fun to go back to and see how it started. Kind of the same way you go back to Mario One. Um, and uh, anything else you want to bring up about the original trilogy? Um, I I love them. I like what they innovated, but I also feel like. Uh, they sort of brick walled on them, like uh, like they didn't really know what to do afterwards, oh, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, at least twenty years later, they figured it out. Well, I would actually argue that they that Sonic Team in in its purest form, without like the the um the addition of uh of additional like developers, never figured it out. Yeah. Like um like when they when they reintroduced GD with Sonic Advance that was handed off to Dimps and then yeah. when they reintroduced it again with um with uh with four? Head, yeah well with well with four that was still also Dimps oh you mean and Unleashed then, well no 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 I was gonna say like with uh, Mania yeah with yeah that developer that's still an external developer so I yep. would argue that um that Sonic Team didn't really know how to like their their idea of Sonic changed. And it changed irrevocably to in a way that they could never go back, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and I guess we can get into the, the, the start of that. Let's talk the Dreamcast days, uh, particularly the two adventure games. So actually, so well, Sonic One and Two. Well, Sonic Two was the first one I had ever played, mm-hmm. and um, Sonic CD was the first one I, that I, that defined most of my love for Sonic. Sonic Adventure was the first one I had ever owned. Um, like no strings attached. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to both because I never owned a Sega console. So the first, after the CD port on PC, the first console Sonic game I owned was Adventure 2 Battle because that was the first time they went third party with it. Oh yeah, and uh, it's weird because with the Adventure games, I it would start a trend that kind of like diminishes like 3D mm-hmm. Sonic in my eyes, and not necessarily 3D Sonic as a whole, but the tendency to split the gameplay between yeah. Sonic and 
insert gimmick here, and that's really what they are. Yeah, they were they're, they're very ambitious games, especially for the time, and they were mind blowing back when they came out, both because of the ambition and because uh, it was kind of our first sample of like the power that would expect from graphics in that console generation since it was before PS2. Um, but the problem is a lot of the gameplay concepts just don't fl- uh, come together like you'd hope, especially coming back to them like 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, like for the record, I have re- replayed them. I uh, I still like the majority of the Sonic state, Sonic Shadow stages. Uh, I think in Adventure 1 and 2, their later stages get a little too uh, chaotic. Um, mm-hmm. The Tails levels in Adventure 1 are fun too because they're basically, you know, uh, retreads of Sonic. Uh, Knuckles and Rouge, not so much. I think even back then I wasn't big on the scavenger hunt mentality. Uh, yeah. I did like the shooting gallery ones with E-102 and then Tails and Eggman, but they're very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, what do we need to say about Big the Cat? Well, honestly, I think Big the Cat He's works. Infamous. Well, he works, just not in a Sonic Yeah, game. You're, you're still like, what the what is this doing in Sonic? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, and the thing is that like you'll notice that to to draw Mario comparisons, Mario never experiments in a if a if while he does experiment, it's on a per game basis. Yeah, Sunshine experimented, but it was still central to the to the it it built on established Mario mechanics. Well, not just that, but like it never like suddenly said, okay, for if you want to get this star, you're gonna have to play an RPG for the next three hours. I'm like, why would I do that? Yeah. I didn't come here to do that. Why would you? put that there whereas sonic was like okay well you had fun with sonic for three hours okay now you gotta play as knuckles what if i don't want to play as knuckles well then you don't get the true ending you don't get super Mm -hmm. sonic and i mean that's just a very benign thing so like with big big was fine and i think the fans overreacted a lot Mm -hmm. but um they were right to they were right to react no don't be weird again okay you said they were right to react and then i lost you Oh yeah, so like the the fans were right to to react about this change in gameplay within the game, um, because Big is solid as a character and as a as a character archetype in terms of in terms of design in terms of uh, gameplay design, just not for a Sonic game. Yeah. Also, he's voiced by Duke Duke Nukem. Yeah, that was weird. That's the craziest. The voice acting is insane in in Adventure One and Two. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's 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 cheesy. Oh, but the the cutscenes in Adventure One are amazingly bad. Just the character oh, animation, it's you could tell Sega like, this is their first time trying to do that kind of thing in engine, and now it's just a mess in the best way. Uh, is, Adventure Two d- d- like dramatically improved in that regard, which is fascinating because you look at a cinematic for the one of, for the later Sonic um, 3D games, the animation is gorgeous. Like, oh I, yeah, especially when they do pre-rendered stuff. Um, like the, I, think they, yeah, like, hmm? I think they got Blur Studio to do those, though, and they're, like, top class, even though they got them for games like Shadow with 06. Yeah, like, um, the opening to Sonic Unleashed, which we'll get to in a bit. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, but um, those early days were painful. <laughs> and it, Oh, uh, I, I just to touch on, did you ever play Sonic Shuffle? Yeah. Yeah. I, it came I, with the Dreamcast, and that was, uh, which is, it's fascinating because there's a, I think there's a good idea there. Yeah. Tacking a story onto Mario Party is not inherently a bad thing. Yeah. Um, the card system is using that, like, uh, kept jumping onto the Yu-Gi-Oh um, fix and using the card system for battling, not a bad idea. And But that's always a problem with Sonic. There's never a dearth of bad ideas, just really, really poor executions. 
and the fact that they have trouble sticking to something. Um, yeah. Even if it works, which I think we'll get to in some of the l- later games. Um, so, but I, my overestimate is that I think, like, you can get the adventure ports for, like, 10 bucks these days. And I think it's worth that if to for the... Uh, I actually think a good way to sum it up is, have you ever seen Pro Jared on YouTube? Uh, I've heard of him. He reviewed Sonic Adventure 2 and summed it up as, this experience is like eating Lucky Charms. Do you sit through the oats to get to the marshmallows? Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of the Sonic um, Sonic Adventure games, before we move on, the mm-hmm. stories. I think we should touch yeah. on. I, I remember that was something I was really championing back then. Um like despite the cutscenes and voice acting stuff, and that's something I still kind of because they, they've gotten better in production values, obviously, and that's something I still wish Mario would try again. Uh, they, they, I, I, that's just personal preference. I like my games to have stories and platformers. More these days, they tend to like just be like, nah. Well, what's fascinating about the Sonic stories is that in a vacuum, without comparison to other mediums. Like, the game stories are really, really well done for what they need to be. They're in-depth for Sonic. I remember being surprised for how dark Adventure 2 went with, like, the Maria backstory. Mm-hmm. And, heck, even Adventure 1, somehow giving these six characters a singular narrative to wrap their heads around. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, it's, I think that, that that's also the start of some other flaws that would sort of coalesce in 06, which we'll talk about later. Oh, we absolutely will. Uh, but um, with... Because one of the big things that bothered me was that Sonic really didn't have much to do with the the story of adventure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who who technically had the most to do with it. Like uh, E one hundred two and Big were very much doing their own things too. Mm-hmm. But like I think Knuckles and Tails got the biggest moments. And I yeah, because they it, they fought with uh, Robotnik the most. I feel. Mm-hmm. And then also the character development for Tails and Amy, where Tails starts to transition from Luigi two point to, oh yeah, that Sonic yeah. guy. I know people. Uh, hate Tails. I don't. I find him lovable. Um, mm-hmm. Especially he, in, in newer interpretations, he's a lot more competent in general because uh, mm-hmm. they've leaned heavy. Like, from Adventure Armor, they lean into the fact that he's like, uh, he's a technological whiz kid. Well, and also the whole idea of this sort of meta awareness of, not necessarily that they're in a cartoon or in a comic or in a video game, but this awareness of how this is a consistent cycle and that there's nothing there's nothing really in danger, but the, the fun is in, in the journey. And so Tails starts to take his first steps from, oh my god, I um, I, I have the Sonic plushie in my room, to, yeah, Sonic's a bit of a dick, but he's fun to hang out with. Oh, and I do genuinely love the part in Adventure 2 where he thinks Eggman kills uh, Sonic and is like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to take you on by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a, Yeah, he's the... Like, the closest thing to an arc is those games is kind mm-hmm. of Tails growing up and being like... I, that makes me wish they tried giving him his own game again because all he got was some Game Gear stuff. Well, and uh, then we'll we'll touch on that later. And I yeah, think that, yeah. That's a trend that kind of uh, that started with this game with mm-hmm. with with Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, and Sonic Heroes. And I think the reason why he T and Knuckles and all the others don't have their own game will will hit upon with Shadow right, later yeah. on. I, oh, two but, things I want to talk on in terms of presentation because I know. One is pretty much hated, and one is give or take. The fact that uh, from this point they shifted it to like real world locales and having humans around. Um, yeah, that's I always think, been something that throws people off who started with the Genesis games. Well, I think that's just unfortunately the nature of uh, the progression of one to one to three D and two the nature of the storytelling. Yeah, and is, the game industry in general. Yeah, well, because like there is unfortunately there are no in a. In a in a 2D game, because of the simplified nature of the storytelling, you don't have to show the stakes. The audience can sort of infer the stakes. Yeah, or the expanded, or the world beyond these stages. Mm-hmm. But suddenly when you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to actually tell it, mm-hmm. suddenly it becomes, well, why do I care if Eggman made off with the Master Emerald or the Chaos Emeralds? 
oh snap, he blew up the moon. <laughs> oh, oh station square flooded. Yeah, and it's like you have this context for it because people are actually suffering as opposed to Knuckles telling us that his island will crash into the into the o- ocean and I should apparently yeah. care about this. Oh, can I just say one of the most awkward things is so Adventure 2, I got it came out in a the the, the battle port came out in early 02 and then you have a part where like Eggman is talking to the president and it's like a global crisis and he's doing like terrorist ransom. I'm like this is a weird time to have this, but it's just unfortunate coincidence. Oh yeah, because that was like a two thousand. The, the Dreamcast version came out like a month before nine eleven. Yeah, uh, you know if they if it had come out after, they would have edited that scene. Oh, absolutely. Did you ever hear about that Dreamcast game, Propeller Arena? No, I've never. This heard of was that. just the most unfortunate time. I mean, they had a game that was pretty much done. It was going to have airplane dogfight battles and be online, uh, including a level where or you were in a city who you could, the plane could technically crash into them, uh, and it got canceled solely because nine eleven happened, and they could delay it. But the Dreamcast was about to end anyway, so they just went fuck it. Yeah. So I mean, and that's a sort of this weird. It was a weird thing. time. Well, not just weird. There's another story to, discussion to be had about hypotheticals versus. Um, Versus real world consequences. Yeah, like you, like, you saw that with um, with uh, Marvel Comics when they tried to do it, the issue after um, the World Trade Center went down, where Doctor Doom and the Kingpin and then Nito are helping out with the effort and dropping an asteroid on New York. Totally fine. Um, a bunch of terrorists driving a. Uh, and I think I'm sorry. Sorry, I heard a bunch of terrorists driving. Well, the idea of like hypothetical consequences in a um, in a. Uh, in a fictional setting, we can understand that we can we can we can process that. Yeah. The second that you make that that it happens in the real world, yeah, it becomes it becomes very real for us, even in a fictional setting. Yeah. Well, I mentioned uh, when Chris and I did a Transformers episode, and we watched like the shitty 2001 anime. Uh, yeah. It started on like September 9th, so they scrambled to edit out like scenes of building destruction in later episodes. Um, but anyway, that's this is a tangent we probably shouldn't stick on. Yeah, because um, that gets very depressing very quickly. Yeah, we're not well, – I think this discussion is going to get very depressing when we move on. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, the, the other thing uh, that I do love about the adventure series that they changed going forward is the style of the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Crush 40. About that. Well, not just Crush 40, but how um, the soundtrack informs your, your character. And, like, and uh, the environment. Like, I love the Mystic Ruin soundtrack, just this rural, like, chorus. Well, um, there's, a, there's a funny story behind that. Um, what? They actually went to um, either Peru or Brazil to do re- research for their new Sonic game. And so they were in, so in love with the ruins and what they found that they, they came up with that Mystic Ruins area. Because Just, yeah. Nice. And I'm sure they drew from the music for that uh, music stylings. Um, but I, I, still, I still love the fact that they gave each character a theme song. Well, and that's where it gets kind of wonky. Because, I mean, like... Well, we I get love... the Knuckles rap. Well, and there's the problem with Knuckles. is that, oh, by the way, so... This kid has dreadlocks. His his shoes are the color of the Jamaican flag, and I kid you not, his favorite um his favorite um um his favorite food are grapes. At least they're not watermelons. Oh God, yeah. And then oh by the way, just to hammer it home even further, all his music is rap. Do you know who did who did that rap? Um, a guy named Hunted P. Oh, I think that was in Adventure Two. The guy in Adventure One was the voice of Parappa. Oh well. Okay, so I guess you're killing two birds with one stone. By there. the way, that guy's name, Dread Fox. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. 
Um, but it's weird because it got weird in other places too. Like, oh, how do you know Rouge is sexy? She gets the jazz. She gets the R&B jazz. Oh, and, and we'll get to it later. I remember when I watched the dub of Sonic X, because four kids dubbed in. They always did their own in-house music for dubs. Whenever Rouge showed up, they played, like, they added, like, sexy saxophone. Like, the last company you'd expect to embrace that. Um, yeah. But Rouge is, I think she's a fun character, isolated from what the internet has done with her. Well, of course. And I think or that's any Sonic character. Yeah. Well, and that, what's interesting is that it's just that those those music stylings also fit those characters. Um um uh personalities yes like of course sonic gets the uh gets uh um it doesn't rock. matter now what happens i, I will never get both i love that song yeah and it's like sonic gets like mid-2000s rock um tails gets more gets, laid back emmy gets peppy pop uh big gets a goofy duet uh even as who just gets instrumental i think that like yeah. piano well it's like um because like um uh um like uh, E one hundred two gets te- uh, like this sort of weird um futuristic techno. It's late. It's very mellow. Yeah, and then Eggman gets like um, um, like uh, this sort of metal, but not like um, yeah. butt rock metal. It's like um, are you talking about in Adventure one? Oh, I'm, I'm just talking about oh, as a whole because there's yeah. Theme in Adventure two, he gets yeah. I am the Eggman. They should have said I am the Walrus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also Adventure two was when we they stopped calling him Robotnik, which I still miss. Well, I mean, let's go into the story of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because for those who didn't play the early games, from the first game up to Adventure 1 in America, he was Dr. Robotnik. In Japan, he was always Eggman. And from Adventure 2 forward, they incorporated that. Yeah, because it became this sort of – this. it was this very interesting preposition where, like, in the United States, in the, especially in the 90s, but I don't think we've ever really outgrown it, where you have this need to make things very – Edgy. Uh, yeah, a very immature idea of mature – um, if you go to the, the website TV Tropes, TV Tropes calls it American Kirby is hardcore. The, the angry um, eyebrows on every cover. And so the idea is that we wouldn't take an evil scientist who who turns people into robotics worst nightmare um, seriously if we called him Dr. Eggman. Yeah. So we called him Dr. Ivo Robotnik, which still works. More I, yeah, or less. I like it. Um, but then suddenly come America, some come, some. The, the advent of 3D and more specifically the advent of voice acting and you have to reconcile those because the lip flaps don't match. Yeah, especially when you do like anime like Sonic X with that. Like a, where it's like, oh, Eggman, two syllables, Robotnik. Rather, I have a Robotnik, suddenly you have five syllables. That's yeah. the, the Well, I mean, they didn't say Robotnik. I mean, no, they didn't say I have a that much. But yeah. Robotic is still, is, have they said that's the reason, mainly the lip flaps? I thought it was just like synchronicity. Well, exactly. I mean, that falls into that. Um, that whole, like, we need to mash things together. And we're going to actually, that's going to become even more important when the cartoons and later the mm-hmm. comics become involved. Yeah. And actually, just closest thing Nintendo's encountered to that, uh, up till Mario 64, Peach was Princess Toadstool, uh, including, like, if you like, play Mario RPG or, like, watch the cartoons of those. Uh, and that was, I think that definitely was changed just for synchronicity. Um well, but it was less. Of, I think it was less of a big deal because there wasn't as quite as much visual media and voice acting referred to as that. Well, I mean, even even then, it goes even earlier than that. Like, like you remember watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show where they yeah. bounce between New York and Mushroom Kingdom, and then yeah. it's implied that they that they were always from New York but trapped. In yeah, Mushroom the Kingdom. cartoons, movies, and original games went with the backstory of Mario Brothers getting sucked in. Yeah. Well, and then suddenly, before Super Mario sixty four, suddenly there comes Yoshi's Island, which says. Yes. They've always been. They from were the born Kingdom. there. 
Yeah. Well, um, we, Chris and I talked about, like, Miyamoto likes to retcon stuff. Like, now he's saying, like, the Koopalings are not Bowser's kids and that Mario's last name actually is Mario. Which, I mean, is, he is what it, it is what it is. Yeah. But, like, it's always interesting how localization, especially in the growing global economy, changes everything. Right. Oh, one other last thing, because uh, I'm sure we will bring him in the cartoons, the existence of Sonic taking place on planet Mobius. Uh, yeah, the original cartoons and apparently like the manuals of the old game said this is Planet Mobius, uh, but from Adventure onward, and it's like no, it's Earth. Yeah, which is apparently- funny because then eventually it becomes less Earth and becomes it's Sonic's world. What's Sonic's world called? Sonic's world. Oh, especially like just- X. Oh yeah, where they're like, wait, do we just universally agree that this is going to be called Sonic's world? Yes, Knuckles. What do you think? Screw that idea. Oh, yeah, no. nobody cares what Knuckles thinks. It's Sonic's world. I didn't agree to this. Yeah, because I mean, if you get to unleash, then like all the countries, like they're they're uh, they're analogies for other countries, but they have their own names. Yeah. Did so they ever say Earth and unleash? Or they just say the world. No, like Eggman just calls it Sonic's world, and we just kind of take it as word. Oh, yeah. Okay, but um, we should probably start moving on to the other games. We've been going on an adventure for so long. Uh, well, I think. Let's let's t- let's like trans- tackle the transition between the dark period with a hero um, from the transition point with heroes and shadow. Yes, this was where I began think that this is where the dark cycle began for me and a lot of others, and the Sonic cycle. If uh, if people aren't aware of that meme, it's basically the cycle of a Sonic game is first announced, we get excited, we get more details, and it doesn't look as good. It gets it comes out as bad, and we're disappointed. But then it starts anew when the next game is announced. Which is um, fascinating because I think that only happened for two games. Which ones? Uh, Shadow and uh, 06. 06, definitely. Um, Shadow I was never excited for, but we'll get to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Heroes I was excited for because just seeing screenshots and hearing about the concepts, like, uh, uh, you know, it was it still was like, yeah, you're technically playing as 12 characters, but they all, it's they're like three repeated play styles. Uh well- Sonic's type characters were more about speed. Tails type characters were about flight, navigation, and Knuckles was all about power. And that applied to the other three groups. I love the fact that they were bringing back the Chaotix. I never played Knuckles Chaotix. I heard it's not very good. But I, you know, the Archie comics had them. So I was like, oh, those guys. And uh, it's cool to see. It was also cool that they brought back Shadow and another version of E-102 because, you know, those were both supposed to be dead after the adventure games. Yeah, um, like you know, that was my was my reason for getting into into heroes was oh hey they brought back Shadow and I guess I'll play as the other two too. Well, I was I, was, I like the new robot um Gamma, uh, but yeah it 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 I remember that being a game that that made me go look I'm not going to blind purchase Sonic games anymore. Uh, it didn't come together in a satisfying whole. Um, and also, do we want to talk spinoffs? Because I feel like there's also yeah why yeah, yeah. if you want to bring up happening? any spinoffs, go for it. Because during this dark period, there was also the what I would like to call the the beginning of salvation was actually happening on the side. So um, one of the things that we 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 forgot to mention because it's so ubiquitous to us is that after Sonic Adventure Two, Sonic lost his home. Yes, Sega went third party, and we were getting Sonic on the GameCube, the uh, PS2, and the Xbox, and GBA. Yeah, and so and so while this was happening, while Sonic Adventure. Two was coming out. Um, they actually Sega passed the license off, at least on the handheld mount, to um, THQ to do um, do some ports. And so basically, what they did is they took the um, the Sonic Adventure um, designs, the quote unquote modern Sonic designs. Yes, and they, them to if a, you compare, like if you look at Sonic Generations, like from Adventure onward, he was long, he was taller, lankier, spikier. And I lost you again. 
uh, I was just saying, like, if you look at like classic Sonic and, and yeah. compare it, like that's he, he underwent a redes- everybody went underwent redesigns for from Dreamcast onward. But and so so they took those redesigns and applied them to a Genesis style game engine and layout, and we got what was known as the Sonic Advance trilogy. Yeah, that was the first like throwback to old school style. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is the first game was developed by THQ. It and was? then Yeah. It wasn't Dimps or Sega? It was THQ themselves? Um, I think it was – I know the publisher was THQ, but right. I think the um, – I, I don't know if Dimps was on hand for that first one. Okay. But were the um, sequels where they came on board? Yeah. So they, they handed – then they handed it off to a second-party developer called Dimps. Mm-hmm. And so Sonic has always had this problem with believing his own hype. <laughs> We're in, oh, you gotta go fast. Gotta and go the faster, thing is that the, the games have, ne- the, 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 the idea of, the most successful Sonic games have never really been truly about simply speed, but more about momentum and keeping up that speed. And also exploration. The best Sonic games give you plenty of alternate paths with goodies and stuff to find. Exactly. And so Dimps kind of bit into the, um, they bought into the whole gotta go fast hype. Um, so the... The, what would eventually become Boost to Win, quote unquote, or the Boost formula, started with the Advanced series. With I thought Sonic. it started with the uh, with the, with Rush. Well, we're, uh, we're getting to that. Okay. So in Advanced Two, like Advanced was basically Sonic um, wasn't basically a a updating of Sonic um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Advanced it also, Two. It was also the, it included uh, Amy for the first time in a size score as a playable the classic character. three. Yeah. Yeah, and so um. So her debut was technically in CD, just being yeah. kidnapped. Yeah, and so um, in um, Advance 2, they would go more in-depth about the speed. Um, they wouldn't give you a manual control for a boost option. However, if you could maintain your speed for a few seconds, Sonic would enter what was known as a boost state. Yeah, he would get, like, all flashy. There would be, like, after images that have been left behind. Yeah, and so um, – and the thing is that the stages really facilitated that. Most of them were about just hold right to win. Which was very frustrating because that's how I broke my first well, game also, did you, you broke your GBA playing Sonic Advance? Oh, Sonic Advance too, because like I would always be mashing down on the right button, and then eventually it got stuck that way, and you'd have to mash right Sorry. in order to get it to work. So I had that and the Sonic Heroes soundtrack to keep me busy. So it was all yeah. Good. Sonic Heroes still had a good soundtrack. Um, do you want to get back to Heroes? Um, well, I want to, uh, I want to uh, still keep with, uh, with, uh, advance and then we're okay, going to go sure, back sure. and bounce back into heroes. So advance, um, advance two was basically where that sort of emphasis on speed came in and it wasn't a bad game. Um, no, they're not the worst, really but I remember I, the level design wasn't that great. Um, yeah. it gets a lot of flack for too many pits and spikes in their design. And there wasn't really a, a lot of room for exploration. No, in fact, and there's, they're still very trial and error games as Sonic side scrollers go. Well, and as far as um, as far as the speed goes, they were actually too fast. It was only until recently that speedrunners were able to sort of find a proper route to start speedrunning. Yeah. Especially uh, you know before too. GBA emulation and save states were a thing. That tiny dark screen didn't do anything. And the bonus stages, oof. <laughs> the advanced one, like the Sonic, the Sonic two bonus sta- and three are bonus stages are tough, but I find them fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced one was not fun. Well, and also just accessing them was a pain. Oh again, yeah, because. Uh, was it you get to find specific locations like the big rings in Sonic Three? Yeah, because like as you stated, um, you couldn't. Um, there was not much room for exploration, mm. and it's it's not it's mitigated with um with Sonic with Tails, Knuckles, and the the newcomer Cream the Rabbit who can yeah all she made her debut some, in Advance too, not Heroes. Yeah, and who can all in some do some variation of either flight or just mobile tra- tra- uh, vertical traversal, but when you're playing as Sonic and you're expected to do everything with him too. 
suddenly, well, okay, how do I get back up there? Well, there's no ramps. There's no springs. I can't get back up there. <laughs> Sonic, you're useless. And then I, I, I never, I, I never played two, and I barely played three. But it got even harder because you had to like collect Chow to find uh, the punch level. Well, I mean, I was gonna save three for um uh, after um after uh, Shadow because uh there's oh, some, okay. there's some GBA ramifications that 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 become really important because of Shadow. Oh, okay. But, so we, um, do we go, do we get back to Heroes then? Yeah, let's go back to Heroes. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I only played out through it once, and I immediately like sold it off, but. Uh, I just remember, like, it. I remember, like, it just doesn't feel as good as the good parts of Adventure. Uh, and it almost feels like it got a graphical downgrade, too. Like, the environments were even more creative. I do like that they got less real world ground and went back to more fantastical environments, like in Genesis days. But the actual, like, character detail and stuff, like, didn't look as good as Adventure 2. And I remember being mad back then, they really de emphasized story in it. Yeah, well, and I think that's a, a sort of uh, frustrating issue of. Uh of uh newer Sonic games too well yeah but also the, the the story was getting a little too unwieldy well it's convoluted yeah where they tried to so they tried to simplify it back down to oh well eggman's up to no good again um but with a twist hm. um and so that didn't quite work out as well and as far as the models go yeah i didn't feel those models and yeah. i also didn't i don't i didn't feel the animation no that's what i'm saying yeah there there was more imagination to the levels, but the characters themselves distinctly. I think part of it might have been because this was the first, um, un- this was one to launch on multi-platform. It wasn't just Dreamcast. It wasn't just GameCube. It was GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Uh, and I've heard bad things about the PS2 version. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating because uh, Sega was all set to release it on just the GameCube, and um, but then Sony and Microsoft made bids for it, and it was e- it was easier to port to the Xbox, but like the PS2 was so hard to port to that it actually... Yeah. the PS3 was even harder uh, because of its format. Yeah, and so it was so hard to rewrite the engine to, to promote parity with the uh, with yeah. the Xbox and, and GameCube versions that all three suffered, which... Yeah, sucked. and that, that I wonder if that, had, that uh, affected the game's overall quality as a whole since they had to devote more time to porting it. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get to a similar situation with 06 later. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, it just it just never clicked. I thought the the multi ability thing was neat in concept, but it really just slowed the game down in a way that didn't really click. Like, well, because it was never as intuitive as like because with two characters, like you can go and play the Mario and Luigi um, RPG yeah. series or Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Um, when you only have to switch with between two characters, it's not that big of a deal. You just tap a button. Suddenly, Three you have overkill. to. Yeah, you have to switch to the one who has the most utility in any given situation. Yeah, and then worse with the game actually not branching out enough to tell to, to for you to have utility with the two separate characters. Yeah. Also, so, I remember the only one that felt satisfying in terms of what it was trying to do was I like you know meleeing guys with knuckles as the power class. Yeah, but it was because, really frustrating when you tried to attack with soccer tails and like now enemies have health bars. We had to hit them over and over. Like I legit do love. Um, because they introduced the homing attack in Adventure 1 and 2 since, you know, trying to hit enemies at that speed in 3D, they knew that would be difficult. So they were like, okay, Sonic can, if you jump in the air and then press the jump again, he'll lock on attack enemies. And that's something I've always found really satisfying when done right in 3D Sonic games, like doing just those chains of boom, one guy to another, boom, one guy to another. And even the new ones, you can like bowling pin them to others. Um, yeah. but This um, was it- more like just hit the same guy over and over and over or just awkwardly switch. 
uh, just that kind of stuff. Oh, also, the characters were not shut up in this game. Um, similar yeah. to stuff like Boom, just really useless observations about... I just remember Cream going, there's so many bad robots. I'm like, what an astute observation, Cream. Um, well, it's this, it's, this, it's this unfortunate imbalance of character to necessity of dialogue. Yeah. Like, you, you'd find... You're gonna, you, you'll find that, like come Lost World and Colors and to a certain extent Unleashed and uh, Generations. Force, forces look like it's going to be this uh, the same way. In that um, they, uh, they they find that balance for doing anything other than reading or listening, paying attention. So it's, does, it's not a big deal. But when they when you have to focus on a task and this character will not shut up, then it becomes a problem. And mm. also the writing was the, the, the writing. This is also an issue that would that would haunt the games until um, Colors yeah. Where, and they would switch to a to American writers, yeah. but what they would do is they would translate from Japanese, where yeah. it's, a, it's more benign and it's, it's kind of awkward. Not just awkward, but the characters feel muted. Like I, Americans have a reputation for being rude. Yeah, but that. But when it comes to that sort of um, interaction, that's a strength because it promotes more conflict with the characters and therefore more hilarity when they play off of each other. Mm-hmm. And, the adventure series when you're just translating from this from what a character who to an american is at best milk toast mm-hmm. um like sonic in japan is is aggressive for a japanese person i oh. he doesn't listen to anybody else he snoozes when he should be cruising he quips um, he quips but he doesn't he's not he's not rude well septic man but to an american that's like okay part spider-man is is those qualities, but Spider-Man's also still polite. Mm. However, what makes Sonic Sonic is that Sonic is aggressively cocky to a level that is dangerous. <laughs> he pokes people even when he really shouldn't. Um, mm. And while he's um, courageous, it's uh, this sort of to the levels of Goku and Dragon Ball Z where it's you're never quite sure whether he's in it to be the good guy or if he's in it to, just because he's bored. And that's... I- I think Goku comes off as more of a good guy than Sonic. Exactly. Goku's and, just kind of a dope. That's his issue. And the thing is that that cocky Sonic is a lot more fun to watch to an American American than Milk Toast Sonic. And you can see that transition in the writing from Adventure, yeah. Adventure, Adventure Two, Heroes, and 06. and then it sort of transitions once once American writers are penning the actual story. Yeah, we will we'll get to that. But um, exactly. do you have anything else you want to talk about with Heroes? Um, I think Heroes ages better than we give it credit for but True. when you're the target demographic especially after coming off of the highs of uh of uh, of uh adventure of, yeah suddenly it's not quite as it doesn't age quite as well and i think that the the ideas i didn't need to play that game four times i, I think yours has probably aged better overall than the adventure i mean a heroes has aged better but the problem is its fundamentals were still never as strong agreed and uh, my last point segues into the next game I didn't need to play Heroes four times to beat the game. Oh boy! But it gets worse in the next game, Shadow the Hedgehog, yep. where you there are ten endings that you have to yeah. go to. And no level select for clear level. You got to start from scratch every time if you want that true ending. And I think um, Shadow demonstrates the dangers of quote unquote listening to the fans. Yeah, because um, Shadow was a huge deal after Adventure 2 and, and Heroes 2. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's still probably one of the most popular fan characters. And 
So I guess technically giving him his own game isn't a bad idea on that alone, but how they went with it, because everybody I talked to has had the same reaction to me. When this was first announced, we all thought it was a joke. Oh, I, I didn't. I thought it was going to be amazing. I did not. Uh, we got to differ there. I, I just, like, if this isn't a joke, I, I'll i rent this. And I did rent it. I'm glad I didn't buy it. Oh, see, I bought it, mm. the 10 endings, and then gave it back. Mm. But, I mean, the, the, the problem with giving Shadow his own game is not so much Shadow in and of himself is a bad idea. It's what is the gameplay hook going to be? Oh, boy. That, yeah, that, that's that's what made it look stupid to me. Like, um, like, because the thing is, like, you'll notice that Luigi in Luigi's Mansion never jumps. Yeah, oh, Luigi's Mansion has its own hook, that, too, but it still feels his, more fitting. That's his, but that's his own personal trademark. None of the Mario spinoffs, with the exception of Donkey Kong, really feel like a Mario game. And that's very important. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like Wario like, and Yoshi have their own style to think. Like, um, like Luigi has his vacuum cleaner. Wario has his, um, not even getting away from the platformers, Wario has his minigame obsessed ADD. Um, yeah, Wario like, has like, the craziest, one of the craziest things he's ever, ever done. And even um, in Wario Land, he's all about greed and being gross. Uh, Yoshi is basically um, storybook, well, colorful pastels. Eggs. Well, it's it's the idea that you can't power through it with a with a traditional Mario mindset because you're gonna lose that baby immediately if you do. And yeah, and even in games with not without the babies, it's all about the egg aiming and throwing. It's more mm-hmm. uh, projectile based. Um, but the, but the it, problem you have you run into with Shadow is that okay, what does Shadow have that doesn't that Sonic can't already do on his own? Nothing. Um, and, well, and that, I think they were, they were onto something with, um, with the guns, but they didn't pursue it the way that they should have. Cause you know who did Shadow the Hedgehog, right? I think I do. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the developer, but, um, Naughty Dog with, um, Jack and Daxter. And, and Jack also too. with Yeah, Jack 2 and also oh, Ratchet and Clank. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say Ratchet and Clank. That's one of my favorite series. Because there's the idea of, it's a platformer, but it also involves melee weapons and melee combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas, in, in Ratchet's case, the weapons were really creative, and in Jack's case, the weapons were standard, but the gameplay was still good to back it up and still makes platforming and variety. Exactly, but with with um, with well, unfortunately, that template didn't exist, or if they, it did, um, um, Sega wasn't Sonic Team wasn't willing to pursue it there, because. You actually did remind me there was a weird tendency to grid up sequels at that time because we had – I remember finding the Jack 2 announcement really jarring even though I ended up liking the sequel. Uh, but remember what happened to Prince of Persia? Yeah, that was weird and dumb. Yeah. So it was that shadow. I'm sure I'm thinking of some other – there's some other stuff that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. And uh, so, it was a weird like, transitional period. And so I think that, that from a gameplay perspective, if you pursued Ratchet and Clank style um, gun with platforming, you could have had a solid game. But they didn't. Um, yeah, and then from a narrative perspective, everything Shadow we needed to know about Shadow had already been done in, in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, the we only thing that we really needed to know was how he came back, and it was a really underwhelming just, oh, Eggman found him and revived him. Well, and to be honest, Shadow didn't need to come back. No, but he was like, so popular. Like, you could have replaced Shadow with Metal and that would have been compelling too. Uh, could have replaced him with who? You cut out. Oh, um, with Metal Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember being excited that uh, he was back for Heroes. Then it's like, no, you're just fighting this big dinosaur version of him. And I mean, like, hell, you just have, like, um, Robotnik sending out a, uh, a a Metal Sonic to be on Rouge's team to go investigate the traitorous Metal Sonic. And then suddenly you have you have that. I mean, Archie Comics would eventually expand on that idea, but that's for later. Yeah, oh, I can spend it on a lot. And so while we're on the sub- subject of Shadow, 
I also want to bring up the uh, Game Boy Advance game, uh, Sonic Battle. Oh, yeah, that. So um, Sonic Battle was suffered a very ignominious fate to me. I'm very sad that it happened. Because mm. um, Sonic Battle was basically um, Sega's attempt at a Super Smash Brothers. Uh, it was, and, it was, and I remember it was very technologically impressive for GBA because they found a way to simulate 3D environments. It was like yeah. a Luna fighter. But not only that, but uh, it it was one of the second. It was one of the first few mascot fighters that didn't ape um, ape uh, Nintendo's uh, flagship directly. Mm. I think it was going for more of a Power Stone feel, and I've never yeah. played Power Stone, so like I, I said, 3D. Yeah, but um, it was this really cool game wherein um, Robotnik finds a a uh, robot. A, yeah, a robot, and everybody ends up fighting over this robot, and you have this really touching story of basically. Mega Man coming into his own as a super fighting robot and then having to, you know, die horribly because otherwise yeah. we'd have to revisit this character later. And, well, they do. Exactly, which is interesting because um, it advanced would tie to a... It would, um, well, not just Advance 3, but um, the the ramifications of battle would have implications for Shadow oh. in that... Well, okay. that, um, wasn't wasn't uh, battle released in between heroes and shadow? So shadow was still back with amnesia, but they still didn't know why. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, it was. It's implied that battle takes place either during or after. Um. Um. After shadow. Oh, okay. Well, because it would have to be after heroes. Oh, I was so pissed when I beat the dark story, and you just get that reveal of a bunch of shadow clones and, t- and tubes, but they don't clarify anything. It's like Rouge going has a line like, "Did I ever tell you that shadow is a robot?" And I'm like, "So is he a robot?" I was, I was pissed that they gave us no answers. Um, well, I think they were they were attempting to maintain that edgy mystery that Shadow had always had. Yeah, yeah, and then but you know it, Shadow goes to more because he's finding more robot clones, and so many of those endings like "I am Shadow Android" and just ridiculous. Well, because they're 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 trying to ape that sort of Wolverine paradox. Yes, oh, absolutely. I like to call the Wolverine paradox is Wolverine is cool when you don't know anything about him, mm-hmm. but. You're, but humans are naturally curious cre- creatures, so we do want to know about And then him. we lose the mysteries, not as cool? Exactly, and that happened oh. to Shadow on a much Exhibit smaller... Exhibit B, Darth Vader. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was much cooler when we weren't sure if he was Luke's dad or not. Well, oh, all, no, also when we just didn't know all the details about his pre-Vader days. That's what I'm talking about. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, but um, with Shadow, it was just that mystery was missing. But like going back on Sonic Battle... Um, the, um, it's implied that, uh, that, his, that, um, Shadow's creator and Dr. Eggman's grandpa, Gerald Robotnik, got his hands on the robot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he started, ex- that's when he started exploring the Echidna, um, um, the Echidna Society, uh, oh. that, that, um, that's, um, the that Adventure predict- One, that chaos Not just show. Adventure One, but that would predict the battle between Sonic and, uh, and, uh, Dr. Eggman in Sonic 3, because, um, hmm. There's that mural in Angel Island in Sonic Three that Knuckles misinterprets as um, Doctor Eggman fighting against an evil demon, versus where in reality is Sonic fighting the evil Doctor for control of the Master Emerald. Oh, and so I don't that's where, this. Uh, this it's um, it's at the end of uh, Sonic Three and Knuckles. Oh, that's why I thought you were saying it was an adventure. Um, it, well, it, it is an adventure. That mural is in adventure. Is there a cutscene specifically for it? Um, I don't know where exactly. To okay, find it's probably mural, like an Easter egg. But it is there. Okay. Um, and so it's implied through battle that Son- that Gerald Robotnik based Shadow off of uh, off of uh, off of Supersonic. 
Okay, because I was always wondering why he was, yeah, why was he a hedgehog? Because when you see the oh. previous experiment, it's a big dinosaur. I'm like, why did he make it a little hedgehog instead? Oh, oh, for reasons. Um, but <laughs> well, that makes it more complicated because it was like, oh, he collaborated with aliens. Yeah, but Battle does try his best to tie it into it. And then also, not only would Battle um, tie into Advance 3, mm-hmm. um, which should be our next segue, but also... Um, um, it would also have implications for the Bioware RPG Sonic Chronicles, oh, which we'll yeah. get into later. Yeah, I can't believe how, how caught up in the lore we've gotten. Uh, the lore is more interesting than the actual Shadow games and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and from a gameplay perspective, Shadow is a... From a gameplay perspective, Shadow is a 6 out of 10. It's solid. I, but, I think Heroes was a 6 and Shadow was more of a 5 because my problem was it was... It felt like very lazily pasting gunplay on top of standard sonic mechanics. Like you really need to be able to like properly strafe and aim, like in uh, Ratchet, for this thing, kind of thing to work. Well, and my issue with Shadow is that in a vacuum, if you just had to play one level from Shadow, it would probably be broken, mm-hmm. and, but it would be playable. Um, yeah. But when you have to do it ten times for a story that honestly is not that interesting. No, no. I remember this was this there. There was a hubbub because this was. Uh, so, you know, we talked about how Adventure Choose voice acting. There have been two mass recasts in the series history. Uh, this mm-hmm. was the first one where, because it was coming out after Sonic X, Forsaken decided, from now on, we'll just use that four kids cast. In fact, actually, we should talk about Sonic X while we're here. Because this is... Um, um, okay, do, you, we don't need to, do, we, so, do you want to save all the cartoons for later? Or do you want to bring this one up now? Oh, I just kind of wanted to bounce everything in uh, on their proper timelines and anything we missed. Well, we, come we back already to missed later. the first a lot of the cartoons. We'll come back to them. Yeah, let's talk Sonic yeah. X. So uh, Sonic X, this is—I don't want to say it's the height of Sonic's popularity because I would say that that was back in the in the that was the nineties. But this is the se- like the the late Dreamcast uh, era was probably the second highest too. Yeah. Um, and so there was an anime called Sonic X. Mm-hmm. And um, I was let down because when it was first announced, they weren't showcasing the human characters. Well, I think Sonic X demonstrates like a lot of cartoons from the 90s, video game cartoons and adaptations from the 90s, is that you need some sort of narrative. Like adapting the story of a game is very different from adapting the story of a It's weird. Like the first half of the series was its own plot. Then all of a sudden they started adapting every game. And it's a sort of frustrating issue in that, like, um, this is something I tell my students at my day job, is the main character of a video game isn't actually that character. The main character is the player. So the player is the main protagonist, and it's not the story of Mario saving the princess. It's the story of how John became, um, mastered the mechanics of playing Super Mario Sunshine and became a, a better puzzle solver by himself oh. in and of itself. So you think so, that's what the intention was with Chris? Well, it, it, and that's the issue with a lot of these characters is that, like, Sonic is a compelling com- com- protagonist, but he's not particularly proactive. He, and he doesn't, like, grow as a character either. Uh, I don't think that's – with a character as, as – uh, We were talking about Tails earlier. Well, as, as a character as aggressive as Sonic, for that kind of story, you don't necessarily need growth, um, or at least not in that direction. But you do need a reason for him to be physically active every episode. And Eggman is not inherently going to provide that on his own. Um, mm. Plus, Sonic also suffers from the Wolverine mystery of we don't we still we know more about Shadow than we do about Sonic. And yeah, Sonic, Sonic doesn't really have a backstory. I'm not even sure how old he's supposed to be. I think uh, he's, he's a teenager. Fifteen, as of the Sonic Heroes uh, instruction booklet. Okay, yeah, I've always been like, is he a teen or a young adult? I legit can't tell. 
Um, although uh, we, I think the the uh, the fandom likes to age him up to whatever his current year. Of, uh, I think it's because he always he the longer you go, the more his voice tends to sound older. Like the current guy, Roger Craig Smith, he makes that that's like the deepest Sonic voice we've ever gotten. So it's like that's a weird voice for a teen. Yeah, so, like, with Sonic X, like, you have a protagonist who's not particularly proactive, a villain who can't really be as monstrous as he needs to be, mm-hmm. um, because then the show would be, would be, the tone would shift. I mean, I feel and, like from this point onward, except for 06, Eggman became more of a clown than a menace. Yeah, and then you have a cast of characters who is similarly very reactive, and they're all dependent on that first reactive character who's not very proactive in of himself. And I think also this is where sort of um, American culture and Japanese culture sort of clash in that the Sonic that would come out of, that would spin out of colors and into Sonic boom would make for a compelling protagonist. The, I, yeah, I feel like he has, um, in boom, he has kind of more of a morality to him sometimes, mm-hmm. but the lackadaisical take every day as it comes Sonic from yeah. heroes and adventure, not very compelling. So you invent characters who can become compelling and that's where you have the humans. I didn't think and, they were compelling though. For the no, they, they weren't. They weren't at okay. all. Um, That's the problem. Yeah. And so then, um, and also I think you also have the limitations imposed by Sega in, in what Sonic can and cannot do um, and where he is allowed to go and not go as a character. Um, so when were, you t- were they actually very restrictive with X? They're, they're restrictive with everything Sonic. It is hmm. very explicit that Sonic is not allowed to feel any sort of negative emotion or take any sort of meaning or take any sort of meaningful defeat from Dr. Eggman. Oh, well, there you go. Like uh, the, the last the last scene of uh, of the first season where Sonic is carrying Chris and it's implied that Sonic is crying, we're not allowed to see that on screen. We just see a stream of hmm. crystals like... I- I remember the only episode that because I gave up on it pretty fast, but I revisited. I guess it was the first season, either midpoint or finale. They actually because of one effective the the introduction of Super Sonic, where basically Sonic almost dies. Uh, well, they were aping Dragon Ball Z, which to be fair, they're always aping Dragon. Yeah, Ball Super Z. Sonic is so Super Saiyan, but it's like Sonic is beaten half to death, and like Chris freaks out, and I'm like, that's kind of effective, but. Uh, that's about it. I know. I know. Like, there are a lot of Sonic X fans out there because I've seen like so many like fan accounts dedicated to it. And I think a lot of people because they they it, they ended it at a certain point, but then they just made another season out of nowhere, which sounds crazy. Where it's like they go into space fighting the Metarex, and well, and this is, this this ties into the whole idea of stakes. And it becomes that- more. I do know it's kind of Tails' story because. He ends up befriending like a good alien who has to sacrifice herself or something. Well, we gotta rewind back to nine eleven. Okay. Um, nine eleven had a massive impact on how storytelling was told. Yes. In the same way that sort of like nineties, eighties, you couldn't put actual guns in the cops' hands, so the cops got lasers, and you're like, why? And then later they got walkie talkies. Yeah, and so um, with old with <laughs> in the first series, you can't show the scale of of destruction that Eggman would realistically unleash. Right. He has to be more if of a mischief maker. He, yeah. But suddenly, in the second season, when it takes place on Sonic's world, where there isn't a Tokyo or California well, or Well, doesn't it, like, fuse with Earth? Oh, uh, no, gimmick? it doesn't. Oh, they, okay. They bring, they bring Chris and his friend. They bring Chris over, and he, oh, okay. he ages to a kid because we don't want to see adult Chris. Wait, are you talking about the Metarex season? Yeah. Okay, I thought... Oh, yeah, I guess the original was one season, then that was the second season. Yeah, it was all... Yeah, and so suddenly you're in space with aliens that you... You care about enough of to identify with, but not enough to um, worry if uh, if they're, they're going to have a negative impact on your kids. And suddenly Sonic can go balls crazy. Mm. Um, and so there's that sort of thing. And it's what's very fascinating about that 
have you talk to about okay you know i lost to it what's very fascinating um what's fascinating is that this actually ties into something that we're going to have to tangent into later is that archie eventually did a uh a a tie-in not tie-in yeah a tie-in spin-off adaptation of sonic x yes they did wherein um dr eggman goes through an entire character arc and actually, I remember, we'll get to it later, but both Archie Sonic and Sonic Set AM, I remember there were points where Sonic would feel down about stuff. Um, so maybe that was like an exception to Sega's rules. Well, never. it was never so permanent. that like It was never a meaningful defeat. It was usually yeah. the ha- it was sort of a either halfway in the arc or halfway in the issue sort of thing, but never yeah. a complete defeat. And I don't, I don't think Sega would really relent until a game that we will talk about later. Yeah. And oh, just the um, anything else do you want to say about Shadow the game? Um, it was the beginning of the end. It was. I think that was our sign that it was like, it's just, like Heroes was not a fluke. This could be the new norm. Um, yeah. Also, but I did want to say since since we went on this tangent by because talking about the voice cast, like a lot of people hate the four kids voice cast in all things, and I actually don't. I just didn't like that they recycled the same voice actors so often. Uh, I will say, wasn't a big fan of this Sonic or Tails. Like Sonic sounded too permanently happy. Like, yeah. hey, what's going on? I'm like, lay it, lay it off, uh, back, back, scale down a little bit, guy. Um, I think that goes into two two problems. Hmm. One, the writing. Yeah. Um, it's not written for it's 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 a translated Sonic, not a. It still a, is. Yeah, we're not like yeah. it's it's written for Junichi Kanemaru, not for Jason Griffith. Okay, for those problem. who don't know, yeah, that's the Japanese voice actor and the four kids actor. Four kids, the Sonic. Hmm. Um, and then number two, <clears throat> directing. Yeah. Like, um, cause you see it, like Mike Pollock hit his, Mike Pollock, the English director, I mean, the English no, actor, actor for, voice actor for, um, for Dr. Eggman. Yeah. Um, he hit his stride pretty much immediately. Yeah. I, was just, I just it, want to touch on, yeah, um, one, uh, I remember I liked Nichols' voice actor, but the fact that it was Dan Green, like, meant, like, no one could not hear Yugi. It was distracting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mike Pollock, um, like, not only was I think everybody's favorite, but when they did their the second mis- uh, recast later, they kept him. He was the lone holdover because everybody was like, no, this guy, he's kind of dead on. It'll take more than that to defeat us. Yeah, and so the thing is that, like, it would take um, until Unleashed for Jason Griffith to sort of find his speed as Sonic. And then he was gone one game later. Yeah, but I mean, heck, even Dan Green is a great example. Like, if you watch Yu-Gi-Oh!, he has amazing range. No, I, I liked the four kids' voice actors as actors. It's just, yeah, it's other elements. The, the, the writing and the directing. Yeah, like I still love that. watching their uh, Pokemon dub. Um. So, yeah, so there's, so there's that. But then everything would sort of... Yeah, okay, accelerate. actually, you know what? I got to tell you right here... Um, so do you, my recording is at like an hour 15. Uh, we're only like halfway through and this could be our longest episode ever. So if it's okay with you, I think we need to just take a break and so I can render what we have so far. Sure. Because now we're about to start getting really dark games-wise. All right. Uh, all right, let me wait a second. And as it turns out, you're going to need to wait a little more for the truly dark experience that is Sonic 06 and some other stuff. Uh, and our discussion on the sort of rebound the series has made, and more ups and downs, culminating with our thoughts on Sonic Mania. Uh, our full episode recording clocked in at over three hours, and since editing a normal length episode takes time enough as is, I've chosen to split it up into two episode halves, a podcast first for this series, I mean. And you will be getting the second half where we talk about Sonic 06, some of the Wii games, Sonic Unleashed, Colors, Generations, Lost World... Uh, probably some other spinoffs, and culminating in our thoughts on Sonic Mania. Also, we basically ran out of time to discuss the comics and cartoons we were building up, and we 
the three of us later decided that will be our next proper episode. We will finally get Chris back, and all three of us will sit down and talk the Sonic comics and cartoons. Uh, no date for that just yet, but you can count on the second half that I talked about uh, discussing the remaining Sonic games very soon. So thank you for your patience. Uh, thank you for listening, and gotta go fast. I don't know. That's all I got. Here I come, rougher than knuckles. The best of them, tougher than knuckles. You can call me knuckles. Unlike knuckles, I don't chuckle. I'd rather flex my knuckles. I'm hard as knuckles. It ain't hard to chuckle. I break them down whether they knuckles. Little knuckles, unlike knuckles. I'm independent since my first chuckle. First knuckles, still the knuckles, then no knuckles. Chuckle. Oh no, 